Welcome back to Enlighten Up. You are listening to episode eight, Michelle Paisley Reed on channeling and messages from the power of 10 part one. That's right. We have a very special guest joining us today. Her name is Michelle Paisley Reed, and she is an international number one best-selling Amazon author. She's written multiple books and multiple screenplays, as well as she's an inspirational speaker and a spirit channeler of a group who call themselves the power of 10. So later on in the episode, uh, we're going to get into who the power of 10 is or are. And uh, But first, we're going to start talking about uh, what channeling actually is and all things channeling, as well as what Michelle's story is and how she came to be a channeler, because it certainly didn't start out that way. But we're also joined by her husband, Joda, and he gives us some great insight onto the intuition and how we need to stop calling it women's intuition because men have it too. And he gives us an incredible story on that. So let's jump into the episode and find out what everyone had to say and stay tuned at the end because I'll give you an update on what's coming up in part two. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. You are joining us for episode number eight, and I am here with Lisa and Michael, and we are excited to have a very special guest speaker join us today. Her name is Michelle Paisley Reed, who is an international number one best-selling Amazon author. She's written four screenplays and six books, such as Manifesting Miracles and Money, How to Achieve Peace, Purpose, and Peace is Power, a course in shifting reality through science and spirituality. She's an inspirational speaker as well as a spirit channeler of a group who call themselves the Power of Ten. And she also has an upcoming TV show called Don't Change the Channel. Welcome, Michelle, to our show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having us. You've got a long resume. Right? Isn't it awesome? Yeah, it is awesome. That's what happens when you open up to channeling and you say yes instead of being freaked out by it. (laughs) I love that. And I know Lisa loves that. Yes, I love that. It's been one amazing year, I've got to tell you. Because, you know, I was an author before I wrote those last books. I wrote three books on my own. I was a journalist once upon a time, believe it or not. But the last, I wrote those, the last three in the last year and a half. Lickety Split got a publisher, traditional publisher who's wonderful at marketing. And boy, when you channel books, they come out quick because they come out perfect. You don't really have to edit them. It's, uh, and they became, of course, number one bestsellers, um, which internationally, which is, I'm still pinching myself, but I shouldn't. I shouldn't be. I should trust because the power of 10 always told me it would be this huge, but it's still still pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. We're so happy for you. And, you know, to write three books in just 18 months is um, no simple feat. So but like you said, when it's coming through channeling, I can understand like you're getting that pure source energy coming through. So the information is literally truth. Yeah, and it just comes straight through, you know, it's if you want the backstory as far as writing the books, you know, it was just a few months after I started channeling the power of 10, I woke up one day at 6am and I heard really clearly, it's time to write a book. And my first thought is I'm pissed because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to go back to sleep. And, but I, I heard, nope, it's time to write a book. So I get in front of my laptop and I'm sitting there. I, I wish we had this on film because I'm waiting for them to animate me like I do when I do live events and nothing's happening. I'm just sitting there with my fingers over the keyboard. <laughs> and then I hear their voice. And so I'm very clear audience and was a medium before I did the channeling. And so I heard it really clearly. So I, I, I really just transcribed it in the way that I believe the Course in Miracles was written. I just heard it like, and so I just feel like I'm the receptionist. I'm just typing it along and, and they'll even catch me and tell me when I need to edit, if I should capitalize something or go back and miss a comma. And so it's funny because when we gave it to our editor, she was afraid to charge my publisher. She's like, I, I've been at this for years and it's perfect. I'm like, right. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) That's amazing. 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 So it makes it the whole process speed up and people really resonate to their message right now. I mean, it's, 
peace isn't that sexy, you know, when unless things are in chaos. And right now our planet you needs some serious peace. Oh, and I it agree. starts within, right? Yes. So that's what they're all about. And you can manifest all way, all the good stuff, and we're really good manifestors, but these teachings really take it to the next level and and start to manifest for everybody so that we can all enjoy peace and prosperity, not just a, a select few, you know? Yeah, well, it's for well, everybody. It's, it is. It's our divine birthright. Uh, but we're we're conditioned yes. to believe from a place of lack. Yes. And we're in an unlimited universe, which means that you yes, you can have anything you want. Our thoughts create our reality. And you can also Envision it for someone else because we're all connected, right? All our souls underneath our skin, our society is so based on our skin and our genitals as our differences. And and in spirit, there are no differences. And, you know, the power of 10, they're really just, it's not as woo-woo as you think. They're my spirit guides. And there's 10 of them. But when you don't have a body, you just come together energetically, just like we do in bodies. It's just there's no body to get in the way. So they come together because they have a united message. They're all in the same frequency, the same wavelength. Um, so, and I'm just the receiver. I just let them come through. I push my ego aside. Years and years of meditation practice, I can do that rather quickly. And, you know, when I let them come through, oh, my goodness, it's just their messages are said in a way, and you'll find out later in the show, they're, they're said in a way that I, from a human perspective, can't say. I trip over my own words. I go in different directions when I'm <laughs> talking. <laughs> they don't. Do. It's like stream of consciousness. Yeah. And there's no ums, no pause. It's eloquent. It's even a little sensual, which gets me in trouble sometimes. Um, <laughs> you won't it, get in it, trouble it, here. On this show, you will not get in trouble. Anything goes. So don't yay, worry about that. Um, so to our audience, stick around because we are going to have a session with the power of 10. And I can't wait to hear what beautiful messages they're going to share with us. But we also know yeah. that you are joined by your husband, Jodas. Yes, Joda. Like oh, Joda. Joda. Sorry. My, yeah. my bad. Joda, how are you? I'm I'm doing wonderfully. I'm I usually explain my name as Yoda with a J, just because Yoda's awesome. <laughs> I love Yoda. I love Yoda, and I know a lot of people do. So that's perfect. Um, so before we get into Michelle's story, um, what's it like for you being the husband? It's it's a circus every day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I I absolutely love it. I mean, that, that first morning when she started channeling, she just said, you need to tape what's going to come out of me. <laughs> and that was pretty much all she said. So I'm like, um, okay. And so I had, I had started on my, you know, kind of deepening my spiritual path um, probably about a year and a half before that. So it wasn't completely out of left field because I had, I had seen or I'd actually read a little bit of, of um, Abraham so I wasn't, I wasn't completely running out the door, but this has just changed my life so much. I mean, I, I am in this all the way and it's just, it's awesome. How would you say, sorry, how would you say it's changed um, your life? Like how was in regards to what it was before and how it is now? It's just the way I look at everything. I mean, when you look at everything from a, from your little human perspective of things that happen to you thinking that they're actually real, versus looking at things from a higher perspective of, you know, that, that this is, uh, our bodies are just decoration, which is one of the new things that they just said, <laughs> which I thought I really liked. Um, it's easier to, the you know, draw the good things to you and the bad things don't even show up anymore because you, you just kind of, I just kind of float around in this happy state now and it's awesome. <laughs> were you, were you, you were already married before Michelle started channeling though, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. For we've been married for six, no, five and four and a half years. Yeah. So you lock that one in. You lock that one in smart, Michelle. <laughs> I'm the one that usually forgets because I have no concept of time. So oh. he's actually the one that remembers our anniversary. So we've got a little role reversal going on here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So uh, that's really refreshing to hear, Joda, because you know, um, we we we. We just did a podcast um, that's uh, last week where we talked about men having more of the, the left brain and women having more of the right brain, which is the more intuitive side. 
But it's really nice to see a lot more men starting to uh, not block that right side of their brain and open up to it more because it's, it's, it, I think it's so empowering for everyone as an individual um, in uh, finding what you're talking about, like that happiness, that joyous state that you're finding yourself in all the time. Absolutely. And, and I think exactly what you said, that men, we're kind of taught to block our intuition because it's called women's intuition. And that's what we're grown up. That's what we grow up with. And of course, if you're too intuitive, then, then people call you names. And I've, I have been so pleasantly surprised. I shouldn't even be surprised as to listening to my intuition. It's there. And it's just, you know, you just practice with it and it gets stronger and stronger. Um, it's, you know, I, just a quick story. I, I was, I had been paying attention to orange cars, orange from California, orange from the East coast. Um, and I had been noticing a lot of these orange cars over the, a couple weeks. And then I was in traffic one day and I actually just gotten a massage. So I was kind of in this kind of trance state. It was great. And I was looking at the opposing traffic at an orange car coming down the hill and I was about to make a U-turn and I'm looking at this car and I'm thinking, I don't think that thing's going to stop. And sure enough, it ran the red light and would have plowed right into me. But had I not been paying attention for the past couple of weeks of my eye had really been training in on orange cars. And I was like, wow, that's, that's good confirmation right there. Yeah. That's really good confirmation. That's really living in the now. I've, I've definitely been working on doing a lot more of that, but, and really just paying attention to everything, just nature yeah. trees clouds sounds numbers just you know everything that's happening and, and staying present and when you stay present yeah. you start seeing those synchronicities which then just mm -hmm. help guide your day and um you know that's just where we all need to be is now yes yes that's the highest state and if i might interject and share my uh we had the greatest manifestation this morning because our, we have a new project that we're working on called Your Life Repurposed. And the people that are in that group, um, there's nine of them right now. We only take 10. But they had wanted to get together in person. And, of course, my logical mind starts planning and scheming and thinking where we should go and if it should be a yoga retreat. And I'm, I, my mind is spinning and I'm catching myself. And instead, before I went to bed, I just set the intention that we find the perfect place for us all to come together and it'll be beautiful. And I present and I go to sleep. Well, this morning we get an email, a random email from a couple in Costa Rica inviting us, six of us, to their home and yeah. the rest and to do a workshop there because she read the Power of Ten books, loved them, and just wants, she just wants to open up her home to us. Oh, my and I'm gosh. Like, wow. That's That's so I funny. love it. Yeah. And we were actually just talking about Costa Rica yeah, an we hour were. before this call. <laughs> It's really no just way. about letting go. Like, letting... Yeah, 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 we were. Yeah. We were talking about, you were talking yeah, about a meditation, meditation retreat. retreat. I was. Oh my gosh. I was saying I'm, I'm looking for a meditation retreat. <laughs> yeah, Nina was the reason I brought this up. And this is why I love when you're with other people. Power of 10 calls it our frequency family. Because when you align oh, like, like that. that, these synchronicities just show up. And it's just so fun and magical. I just, I love that kind of stuff. My daughter, my oldest daughter, was just yesterday talking about possibly taking my youngest daughter with her to Costa Rica. And I was telling her my story about, I, I had led a yoga workshop there like 15 years ago. It was a long time ago, but, and then, I mean, I hadn't told that story in eons. And then this just surfaced out of the blue and I'm talking with her Friday and we're coordinating the details and yeah. Wow. The, the power of intention, <laughs> so you, come. you know, Wayne, you guys should come. Yeah, no, I'm already thinking fun. about it. I'm already thinking I'm putting the intention out there, Michelle. Yes. <laughs> yes. You go. That's all you got to do. Right. If it's supposed to be, it lines up. That's yeah. what I'm learning. Well, there's one thing I've learned is that when you're in the flow and you can allow and you don't feel the need to um, control everything, the things that can come in can be so much grander than you, um, your limited mind can imagine. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, you know how we met so Joda? you want a funny story about how I met him is that I had a massage and yes. yoga practice called flow massage and yoga I was trying to stay in the flow of things. And I also taught flow yoga once upon a time. So he comes in as my massage student. Okay. I'm not, you're not supposed to be attracted to your client. <laughs> <laughs> Big no, no. In massage. And 
but I had been doing the work of wanting to clear out space for a romantic partner. I wasn't really ready to be in a relationship. I was focusing on my career and my books and my kids and stuff. And, and yet I had really gotten clear and clarity around what type of partner I wanted at this point in my life. And he shows up and I'm like, oh crap, that's it. Like I felt like I put it in order to the universe and it was there. And, but then I'm like, and I'm shaking and I just gotten, I just got trained in Reiki. And so I asked him if he'd want some energy work instead. And he doesn't know anything about energy work. And I told him to take his shirt off. Who does that? I'm like, why did I just tell him to take his shirt off? You don't need to do that for Reiki. And I'm like thinking he's hot and I'm totally shaking. I'm like, I'm going to get my massage license taken away. But then out because we got you know we moved in four months later got married a year later it was total love and awesomeness and I you know I set the intention from my flow practice let go of the details and now here we are living our happily ever after so you know it, it works even in relationships it's a little trickier because they have their own soul agreement too right yes but I think that when you've done I was also leading self-love workshops when I met him mm-hmm. and that was key because you teach what you're learning, right? And what you need to know. And I think so much of it was just me learning to love me so that I could match with my partner. You yeah. Know? I, I always tell her she should have just not said anything. I thought I was getting a massage. I would have gotten naked. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about perks of the job, right? Right? Thank God he's open-minded. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, you – Obviously, you didn't start in this field. You were a journalist beforehand. Yes. Did you, when you were a child, ever have any experiences that would have been clues that this was going to happen later down the road? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was super sensitive, super psychic as a kid. And my well-intentioned parents are Catholic, (laughs) like a lot of people. And everything that I came out of my mouth, it was like a, a psychic reading. They'd they'd tell me that it was Satan and that it was evil and it, and it scared the crap out of me because I have such loving messages and I couldn't understand it. And my younger sister, she's five years younger than I am. And luckily she's my biggest cheerleader. And so she would prod me and ask me questions. And um, my biggest, when, when I was about 10 and she was five, the night before I, I, we were getting ready for school and I told her, don't play on the monkey bars. And she's like, okay. But of course, what does she do? She goes and plays on the monkey bars because I'm her sister and she doesn't listen to me. So the next day I come home from school and she's in the hospital. I had a neighbor pick me up and she had slipped on the bars and broke open her hymen. Now, my my joke when I used to tell this story live is that there are easier and more fun ways to break your hymen. (laughs) She hates that. (laughs) But I got scared, right? I thought, oh my God, I created this because when you're a kid, Everything's about you. And I, so I got rampant stomach aches. I blocked it like crazy, my third chakra, right? And, and I would know, I toy with it. Like I played with Oracle cards and tarot cards when I was in my teens. And I was a cheerleader and I would tell people which team would win and who was going to date who and stupid shit like that. But then in my twenties, I was in college, English major, and I had a near death experience where bladder infection, antibiotic gone wrong. I was allergic to it. I'm allergic to a lot of antibiotics, but um, did the whole tunnel into the light. It was phenomenal. And I came back, thunked back because it's such a jarring experience to go from the unconditional love that is the afterlife back into the body. And I'd never known anything about life after death. I was like 21. And it... I joke that I brought a little bit of heaven back with me because after that I was ridiculously psychic and I went to a depression because I didn't know how to navigate those two worlds. Right. I mean, now I know that this unconditional love exists and light and I feel it, but no one believes me. (laughs) And to make it worse, I go into journalism and I'm an editor and I know things and I'm acting on instinct, but I'm still terrified of this gift or whatever it is. And, and so that's when I really dove into yoga and meditation because it was really to try and find a 
that level of bliss that I found in the afterlife. And so I was big into yoga before yoga was cool. I mean, I, it really was a dorky thing to do when I was into it, but I practiced it steadily on the side while I was a reporter and editor. And then a few years, it was just a few years ago, I got really sick. And I had to have surgery. I, I knew intuitively. See, even if you don't use your intuition for work or business, um, I knew that something was up. And so I got a mammogram, even though I, there was no lump or anything. I had pre-breast cancer. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I was able to get away with just having surgery, but without doing any chemo or radiation, thank God. But I was out, right? I couldn't do teach yoga. I couldn't do massage. I couldn't do any of the physical um things that I was doing right then. So I had a time out and I just did lots and lots of healing meditations and hypnotherapy. And during that healing time, I would, I knew I was supposed to move on to my higher calling. I knew that there was something I was here to do. That's why I came back to life and dead people would talk to me and I'd tell them to shut up because I was trying to find my purpose. It was literally <laughs> in front of me. And I'm like, I was terrified of the judgment. And, you know, but then something in me just set, kept saying it got so strong, I had to say yes. And so synchronistically, I would get I would line up with people when I went back to teaching yoga. Um, there was a woman that um, I met up with and I started te teaching Reiki infused yoga and she was really into the Reiki and, and she just moved here from back east and they have such a big um, psychic mediumship community in the East Coast. And so she started getting me clients before I knew that's what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm not a psychic. I, I don't do this. And she's like, you're better than most of the people I pay lots of money to. So we had to literally hurry up. Joda whipped up a website with no advertising. I was getting clients daily, all day long while I'm still recovering from this surgery. And I'm like blown away that this is happening just by using my natural gifts once I said yes to it. Because I do, I've, I have all the Claire's. I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. I have all of them. <laughs> Blessed or cursed, whatever it is, I have it. And so for me, I had to learn how to turn it up and turn it down. For me, it's more managing it so I don't get overwhelmed when I'm trying to be social. And, and so what happened is, I went to, something told me to go to a John Holland, not John Edward. He's the same, only different. He's another famous medium, a Hay House author, and he was leading this workshop on how to do demonstrations. And I'd really felt drawn to the stage, even though I was terrified of it. And so I went to this training, and it was there that I got introduced to the power of 10, because Joda was working. He couldn't come with me this trip. And I was meditating by myself because I was nervous. I was going to be evaluated by some of the best mediums in the world, and I'd only been doing it like a year. And so I'm feeling really naive, and I, but something in me kept telling me yes, and you have to honor that intuitive call, right? And so I'm meditating, and I hear, we like to see you succeeding. And I'm like, well, isn't that nice? But I'm thinking it's someone's deceased grandma, right? I'm not at that point thinking anything because I honestly thought channels were weird. Other than Abraham Hicks, I was really into Esther Hicks and the Law of Attraction teachings. But beyond that, I've just never really been into channeling. So I let it go and, and I didn't think anything of it. I did really well on the evaluation. And during that evaluation, they told me, they said, you know, you're a natural at you literally, I can't even think of the word for it now. Um, it's when you take on the facial characteristics of the spirit where you're literally seeing through their eyes. And I freaked out because I'm like, of course, like everyone else, I've probably watched too many horror movies, even though I hate them. And I'm like, am I being possessed? Because that's not cool. <laughs> well, I think, And I was terrified. And they're like, look, you get to control this. If it's a loving energy, you... It, through the law of attraction, like attracts like, you cannot attract negative dark energies if you yourself are light-filled. It's a scientific impossibility. If something feels off, say no. If it feels wonderful, you have this natural gift to allow them to come through. So that really encouraged me mm -hmm. that, okay, this is normal, and it's a thing that mediums actually try to do, but it's it's you can't really try to make it happen. It's well, nice to know sense. you have so, control. Yeah. Like, for me, I find the same thing with just with light language. Like at first when it started, I didn't know how to control it. And it, it definitely yeah. was overwhelming. But once you realize that you have complete control 
then yes. it, it just becomes a really beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. And, and you know, I, I tell people, again, you don't always have to hang out your shingle and do it for work. <laughs> I mean, it can enhance your life in the most beautiful of ways. And yet I felt called to, to do this. And, and when I got home from that training, it was what Joda said. I was, we were in our jammies and I thank God have an open-minded husband, even though he's as left brain as they come. He's an engineer by trade. I mean, he designs airplanes, but he sat down with me and I said, just, you know, I'm going to go into trance record whatever comes out of me. And those first, I think it's 11 sessions are on our website at wearethepowerof10.com. Those are the rough audio. So right from the start, when we didn't even know what we were doing and we kept it private, the Power of 10 said, don't share it yet. I have to get used to this. You know, I, I it, it took a while for me to adjust to their frequency and them to adjust down lower to mine. And and to even know if this is something we wanted to share with the world. But then when we did, and I, I didn't attach my name to it because I already had fans from my other books and my screenplays. So I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it to be about their message to see how people would respond. And Joda created a website. Another one. Another one. <laughs> and once he did, oh my God, we started getting these love letters from around the world. It was the, it just, God, I'm tearing up just thinking about it because just from those raw, free YouTube recordings, people were just right from the start. It, it, it was meant to be that we were, that we said yes to this. And, you know, then the books happened and now we're doing these online programs. It just keeps evolving as we allow it to. And, and, you know, there are times we're like, Really, all these synchron, all this has happened in the like the last year and a half. That's great. And it, it's sometimes mind blowing, but you know, one of the biggest things the power of 10 says, and I'm sure they're not the only non physical entity saying this, but you know, there is no such thing as time. That's a man made concept. And it's all vibration, it's all energy, it's all alignment. And when you can just say yes, these seemingly random things show up for you. And like the TV show, like meeting you, and you you vibe. You either vibe or you don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, to. when we first spoke on the phone, um, it was it was like I've known you for twenty years. Like we were, we were. It's like we were right. girlfriends from twenty years ago, and we just reconnected and fell right back into step. Like that's how it felt. Absolutely, and I felt the same way. And I love when that happens. Tell our and listeners just, again. Tell. Or Michelle, did you did you tell our listeners how you came to find Nicole and and why you chose oh. why you chose to be on our podcast and mm -hmm. not the twenty five others that you could have been on? <laughs> well, and it's funny because my publisher gave me the lists of literally thousands of podcasters and and blog talk radio and things like that, and I had sent out you know letters to different people, but I wasn't feeling it and. He even wanted me to outsource it and do all these things. I'm like, eh, you know, if it'll all vibe, I will find the right people. And I, I mean, honestly, I don't really, I don't listen to podcasts very often. That's not just, I'm doing other stuff. So I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a post that Nicole, I don't even remember what the post was, but again, it's that intuitive nudge, right? I was like, I have to contact her and I listened to your podcast and I listened to like two minutes and I'm like, these are my people. I must <laughs> contact them. This is, this is meant to be. And, and, and then when Nicole was talking about a show on channeling, I'm like, Oh my God, of course, this is how it's supposed to all come together. And I love it. And you know, who knows what's born of this when people listen to that, I want to be with like-minded, like vibing people. That's what it's all about to me. I mean, that's how we, connected with our TV producer too. He's awesome. We vibe. It, it was easy. I didn't have to force it to happen. So yeah, I just, I loved, I love what you guys are doing. It's you're nice. really on the forefront of, and you're funny and you're real. I love people who can be spiritual and still keep it real. And I love that you drink wine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We love, we love our wine. We love to have fun have, and yeah. just be normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> Not normal. Yeah. yeah. Well, Michael, 
since you know you're kind of new to this do you have a question about channeling that you'd like to ask michelle like something that's kind of on your mind or any clarification yeah. <laughs> oh gosh um Channeling, whenever I think of channeling, I always, of course, associate it to childhood memories of watching uh, somebody playing with a Ouija board or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. and that's like the first thing that I think of, along with probably a lot of people. I remember, gosh, I remember specifically my sophomore year of high school, uh, and I went to a Catholic high school. Uh, one of the priests that was a teacher of mine, he told the class, like, you know, it's an all boys school. He's like, he's looking at us. 30 guys in the class or whatever. He goes, if it's one thing that I can tell you is don't mess around with a Ouija board. <laughs> That's what he said. So sometimes when I'm thinking of channeling, of course, we see like all those horror movies and things like that where, you you know, you might start off ch trying to channel or talk to someone that's a good entity and then all of a sudden a bad entity slips through the door. Uh, well, and you know, it's funny story because my mom, my Catholic mother, burned my Ouija board I got for a birthday present <laughs> in oh, the yeah. fireplace very dramatically and even as a kid I was like eight or nine or something and I said it's letters and numbers why is that inherently evil it's what comes through yeah right? yeah well I mean this like the, the, the priest I was talking about said he witnessed a bunch of exorcisms and a lot of them started with a Ouija board <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and you know what here's the thing I have to say it it's so much bullshit you know, like with my oldest, with my daughter, my youngest daughter is actually really psychic and she hates it because she's 15. And at that age, you just want to be normal, right? But she's really into all these supernatural shows, loves horror movies. And she made me, forced me to watch some god-awful horror movie with her. Called Ouija. Ouija board. <laughs> okay. And I'm watching it going, this is why people fear this. It's... I, and, you know, even when I first came out as a channeler, and I, I call it coming out of the spiritual closet because that's how it felt, you know, it's – you. Ex I had those images. Like, oh, my – I would have nightmares that I'm, like, crawling on a wall because that's what you see in horror movies. But when you think about it logically, okay, how does an entity attach to you when they don't have any hands? Okay, that you have the body, they don't. And so it's all vibrational. If you stay high vibe, they cannot touch you. It's the people that play with those darker energies are already dark themselves. I have not in, in hundreds of thousands of readings that I did, even before I became a spirit channel, never once encountered a dangerous, scary, evil entity. Never once. But I don't go there. Like I would never let myself go there in the same way I don't want to hang around serial killers in real life. Right? <laughs> I mean... I'm more scared of the serial killer out there than a dead person because as a journalist, my big joke is, do you ever see that in the newspaper? Do you ever say, oh, this person was killed by a ghost? No, because it doesn't happen. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's people preying on your fears, right? Because I'm a screenwriter too, and horror sells big, but I refuse to do it because it's cheap. You just enter some scary music and play with light and dark and open a door and a window and everyone's terrified and it's cheap and easy and it's popular. And I'm like, even our TV show, I told them, do not make this a scary haunted show. I won't be a part of it. I have integrity and the afterlife is not that. And if it's one myth I can dispel and I'm grateful you brought this up, it makes people afraid to die. Because they think all these cartoon images of it when my experience of it is loving and light-filled and amazing. Now, that's not to say to check out now. Obviously, life is awesome. So that doesn't mean, you know, to just go there now because it's so much better. But there's nothing to fear. There, and, if you, and if you fear it, guess what? You're going to attract it to your reality. So if you start fearing that all these scary spirits are going to come into your world, I've had less than spirits. But to me, I, it's, it's like because I can hear them and, and see them, I'm clairvoyant, they're not as scary to me. They're not invisible. And so for me, it's, it, it felt more like when I was doing readings like that, it was like counseling. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling the spirits, it's like the, the ones that are more still what people call earthbound, which they're not bound they're just still more focused on earthly matters than the amazing billions of dimensions that exist in the afterlife. Um, and, and so, so I would really I... just talk to them like I talk to you guys or anybody and say, what are you doing? 
there's way more on the other side. It's awesome. You can manifest at will. You can eat as much ice cream as you want and not get fat. I mean, it's a great place. You should go. (laughs) But don't you think that it's just like a trick of the ego to to keep us from opening that channel to the, you know, to our guides and keep it scary, you know, and keep it. Keep people thinking that it's a dark thing because, you know, it's our divine right to have that type of guidance and we're, people are afraid of it. They're afraid of who they really are and the energies that they can tap into. And when you keep people fearful, then they're easily controlled. And so people in power historically have always made people afraid and called it the occult, like that's something evil when it just means it's it's something different than your version of reality. That's all it is. And and again, when you open up to it and you're not afraid of it, and again, it's been a huge journey for me not to be afraid of it. I love it now. To me now, I'm like, I embrace it, bring it. I tell everybody they have intuitive gifts. It's just how much you tune into it. And, and yes, it can bring you untold blessings. That's life, what I get over and over again from Power of Ten, Life is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be enjoying lots of opportunities and adventures and meeting, you know, kindred spirits with each other. We're not, we're supposed to get rid of those attachments now so that when you go into the afterlife, it is easier. The power of 10 calls it the way station, which I think is hilarious because it's, it's like a middle ground. People think, you know, of heaven and that's where you go, but they think of it like a house, like it's some giant house in the sky, but when you think of how limited that mental construct is, is, what it really is, is you go to this in-between place where you decide to come back or not. That's my version of it, if you believe in reincarnation. Um, and learn your hard lessons, learn through suffering. And the power of 10 says you don't have to do it that way anymore. Learning through suffering is an old concept. Our world still really learns through contrast, obviously. Yes. <laughs> and yet... There are those of us like us here and people who are listening who are waking up and realizing that, yes, contrast still will always show up. It's part of our human experience that we signed up for. And yet when you start learning through faith and trust, it's just such a more fun way to go about things rather than and expecting that things work out and knowing that there's a reason for things and, and trusting that you're guided to people and trusting those instincts that's the path that they suggest that you keep going on. And, and they're here really to evolve people exponentially because we're kind of at a crossroads in time. You know, it's people are, are they call it the, the, they use the example of an egg to where there's the yolk of humanity that sinks heavy, like an egg yolk. And there's the egg whites where you fluff them up and they're all frothy. Right. And there are people that are waking up spiritually and understanding that they're divine beings housed in a body and then there's people just mired in their everyday mediocre problems and shit and drama and just dragging themselves down and it's um it's an interesting time to be alive isn't it (laughs) it really is and to me it's just really about letting go of those beliefs the old beliefs the ones that where we think we have to work really really hard to make things happen or you know we think that um you know, think we have to suffer in order to learn something. And just, you know, once you shift your mind and you shift that belief, it's, it's absolutely amazing to me how quickly your life will change and how easy things come to you. Yeah. It's that breaking of that old conditioning that we've been conditioned over, you know, eons, eons eons of conditioning. And, um, like you said, we're very much in interesting times because I really feel like those old constructs are breaking down right now and, uh, that everything's changing. And I love your message. It really aligns with what I, um, like to, um, put out there as well. And that whole, um, like kind of just expanding into your limitlessness. Um, you know, I've, I've done some channeling, not me, like I haven't been the channeler. I've listened to some, I've had some channeling sessions with this group called the wonders and, um, They are like a group of three to four thousand entities who reside in the 29th dimension. And, you know, listening to them, they they've um, one of their they have six defining statements of human existence. And one of them is I am limitless. And we Mm -hmm. tend the human race tends to really live their lives from a very limited 
state of mind and that's the ego because I've always said the ego can control you when you're contracted because you're smaller and the more expansive you are the ego has to like put its tentacles out everywhere and trying to search you and bring you back in but the more like limitless you become the more expansive you become the less the ego can um, control you absolutely yeah I love that and you know it's the power of 10 says it in a way that I, I appreciate they, they talk about how that's how the universe expands it, it they don't make changes like these dramatic changes we're all afraid of change and it's it's from their perspective a spiritual perspective things are always expanding your cells are always moving the earth is always rotating things are moving and if you stand still in resistance and fear that's when people get sick that's when everything stops or alternatively and this is the trap i get into sometimes is trying to force things to happen and i'm a doer by nature in the past i've always been someone who just tries to make things happen i catch myself and when I allow it to unfold, as we started this conversation, it's it, a much more magical results, result comes of that when I just let it flow. And, and yeah, it's just amazing how, how things line up. And, you know, there are a lot more people channeling. And I, that's what I love. I mean, I'm glad I have 10 to contain not 29,000. <laughs> but it's... Uh, so, you know, I think I just wasn't really aware of this world. And, you know, again, I, I we, we went on a, a cruise with Abraham Hicks, with Esther Hicks to the Caribbean a few years ago. And I love both them. Jim and I have, <laughs> had this vision of me being up there. But I at the time I was doing mediumship readings and I really thought that was going to be it. And I didn't think I'd be Esther or step into that shoes that but it's. You know, I, I think that we all have these amazing abilities to open up right now. And it, it is a great time to, because different teachers have different things. They have different modalities. Like some entities come through that are healers. And, you know, sometimes when I get sick, I, I, I'm like, come on, Power of Ten, you're in my body. It's, <laughs> can you fix it, please? And they're like, you know, we're here to teach. And, and something that they've told me that has really resonated for me with my digestive issues that I is probably still me blocking me. Um, it's that all illnesses are caused by resistance or which is some form of fear and, and everything can be cured by a plant. Like literally every illness we have that, that is on in this world can be solved with some sort of natural organic substance and I thought that was profound in its simplicity right yeah. and and so it's those things like that that'll come out and it's just they're simple but mind-blowing and I do believe that as more people open up to these kinds of teachings and not freak out it's going to change us because there always is divine guidance whether it's from your spirit guide whether it's from uh, angels, whatever you believe in. Um, I, I mean, really, I, in the beginning, because see, I, I can be very logical too. That's the journalist in me. Be and so I've got my woo-woo side where I'm into all the healing arts and everything. And and then I've got my side that starts asking questions, the who, what, where, why, when, <laughs> like, how does this work? And, and but I, what I've found with the power of 10 is like, what does it matter? It's the message that matters. Yeah. Where, like, why do you care where it's coming from? Yes. I know um, Michael's starting to, well, you're like on this little kind of journey of trying to wonder what your gifts are. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, obviously I would wonder, but like, uh, I feel like you guys, we had this conversation, I guess, last week. It's like sometimes, like even with you, Michelle, you said you had a near-death experience. You knew your, you had your psychic abilities like early on in your life. You know, and I always joke with Lisa and Nicole because they've had things happen early on. And I just feel like I've been out to lunch for about 40 years now. <laughs> you and me, Michael. <laughs> yeah. And well, I'm you... like looking around going, what the fudge are you guys talking about? Because <laughs> you weren't ready to turn on that intuition. You Maybe you, as men, suppress it. And... Well, you men definitely, like we said before, suppress it. But I think... I think also when we come in, we choose, we make a choice whether we want to be open or not. And perhaps so, like, Michael, your journey wasn't meant for you to open up until now. 
Right. Maybe. Maybe. Because you, you bring in a valuable I, aspect to this podcast. So yeah, like, maybe that's why. You know, maybe like if I was a teenager, I'd use my psychic powers for for bad or something like that, perhaps. And then know. you couldn't be our skeptic right now. We need you. Yeah. You're perfect. Yeah. Well, and you know what? You're still young. There's still time. I mean, everything comes at the right time for the right person. And it's funny that you brought this up because we our new project is Your Life Repurposed. It's designed to help people find their higher purpose and their higher calling. And it's a process. I mean, we do partially, we study our book pieces power because there's 120 lessons in there, but we also let people talk and interact directly with the power of 10 and they hone in on your soul in a way that I can't even see, even though I am psychic. It it's, you know, for Joda, what was really getting in the way of reaching his purpose, which he really is amazing at, moderating our sessions and doing all the left brain stuff for this. I mean, someone needs to keep me grounded and he's awesome in that position, but he was torn between his 20 year career that he'd done and, and doing this, honoring this higher calling. And in the process, you know, there was a lot of that conditioning about you've got to work hard for stuff that, you know, we talk about in our webinar that, you know, that we see that you see that everywhere that you got to hustle and grind to get ahead. That's our, that's the new word, right? The catchphrase is hustle. You got to grind. And I'm like, I don't feel like what we do is hustling or grinding at all. Like this shit is effortless. I love that I can do a podcast, write a book, go and jump in the lake midweek, do, you know, be able to hang out with my family and not be doing the nine to five grind and hustle. That's just where I'm at. And I wanted him to be able to play with me. And so I think a lot of people are feeling that pull that they want to do something higher. They just don't know what that is. And that's what our program helps you do is get the clarity and then the courage to honor it. Right. Because a lot of people have inklings, but you brush them away and dismiss them before you even allow them to unfold. I did that with this stuff. I mean, I'm like, oh, who's going to listen to me? Everyone's going to hate me. They're going to think I'm weird. All these very human fears surface. And funny enough, as part of my calling, I have a TV show called Don't Change the Channel. So I get to talk about those feelings of feeling judged when you are stepping it up and playing your role as a creator. So we're all creative. Yep. It's just in which way your soul wants to express itself. You know, you could do thousands of things. And the power of 10, something they taught last week to our group is try on your life's callings. Try it on like you would an outfit and see if it fits with you right now. Because it may not. Something that you thought that you really wanted to do and then you actually reach it and you're like, meh, it's not so great. Because whatever it is you do should light you up. It should... You should want to get out of bed in the morning and go, yay, I get to do this. That's how I feel with this. It feels more like play than work yeah. because work is such a, a conjuring of heaviness and density that I don't vibe with anymore. To me, it's like I only want to be drawn with to the people and places that excite me. And once you get that momentum, oh, my God. And that's why we've created the support group of people who are all on that mission because that's half of it, right? is being around other people. I mean, Michael, you've got these two to support you and say, hey, when it's time, we believe in you. That's half the battle. <laughs> sometimes sometimes when I'm hanging out with those two. Um, <laughs> Gets a little uh, I would say it's the equivalent of like feeling like I'm like this little uh, third grade little white kid and I'm talking to two NBA players saying, you can do it. Just keep your dreams together and keep practicing. <laughs> I'm like, you realize that my parents are like five foot two and five foot three and I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be able to get there. But like, you know, Lisa and Nicole have been doing a very good job of keeping, keeping me, um, oh, what, what's the keeping right phrase? Keeping it real. Just... Interested. How about that? Interested in what's going on with, especially with them. And, you know, I, I am happy to do this podcast because I get to hear such, my goodness, fantastic stories uh that sometimes are really hard to believe and so like yeah. when you bring up channeling i remember when i was first kind of like looking into uh nicole and lisa and and, and kind of things that they do and we have a common friend who um i, I don't know if i should be able to say this but she be she believes she's a reincarnate of mary magdalene 
And I remember seeing like uh, just like that day, someone brought out an article how they channeled Mary Magdalene, and I'm like going, "Hey, Nicole, <laughs> like, don't, didn't we just meet her like a couple of days ago?" <laughs> I'm like, "Did she know? Does she know about this? Because like it feels so weird to like know that like." And Nicole's like, "Yeah, well, you know, your higher self could basically be interviewed without you knowing it." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so, no, well, okay, so there's okay, it can be quite interesting. No, it's it's aspects. So we we can have aspects of those um, older souls coming through us, um, you know, and, and, and other people can have. So that's our multi-dimensional selves, right? And like even even I'm realizing because this whole idea of multi-dimensional selves is is blowing my mind right now because I'm I'm not that I'm not as versed in it as, as other people are, but I'm starting to understand that there are people walking this earth that are part of me. Like my. Yes. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was you weird. Said it. That's what I was going to say, because when you get that your soul can be in more than one body at a time, you see, it doesn't have to be just one. Yeah. And we have any different dimensions of ourselves. You can wake up on any given moment, morning, can't talk moment, morning, um, and say to yourself, I want to be the best and highest version of myself today. And going back to that, that near death experience, you know, when I rose above and I looked at my body, what I realized is I could be in the next room with my loved ones. I could be in the doctor's room. I could be at home. I was in five different places at once and probably much more than that. You're not, we see from this limited perspective and it seems weird. And I, I, you make me crack up, Michael, cause that's, there's a very cynical side of me that when I was introduced to all this, I did the same thing. It's like, but then, you know, I think also what I've noticed with the power of 10, and I think the reason they call themselves the power of 10 is they don't really care about their identity anymore. If you've had a lot of different lifetimes, well, maybe if you're Mary Magdalene, that's kind of an important lifetime. But <laughs> for most parts, right, if you live lots of lifetimes, most of them are rather uninteresting. <laughs> so it's, they're not, you know, they have stepped out with different names just to demonstrate aspects of their life because all great masters from Jesus to Muhammad to Buddha always use their life as a metaphor, right? For lessons. And so they often will step out and talk about lessons from their life or from my life because I've given them permission to use my life like an open book. And that took some adjustment too. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I mean, some of them, some of like anything else in life, there are channelers who seem freaky to me, <laughs> a little too woo woo even for me, and others that I just completely vibe with. Even the Seth books, which is Jane Roberts in the 70s, people kept giving me those books before I channeled. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm paying attention to a theme here because if people keep giving me these books, there's got to be a reason. And so I started reading it and I really did not care for it at all. I thought it was lame, and I, I hesitate to say this, but it just did not speak to me. But funny enough, when we wrote our first book, synchronistically, her agent, Jane Roberts' agent, came to us interested in representing us for the book. What? And so the reason we included the, uh, the transcripts in the book, that was her idea. Oh. And so... We added the, we transcribed the audio transcripts to put it in with the book and we self pub, we ended up self publishing to get it done quicker. And she dropped out. She said, it's a great book, but I just don't know how to promote it. And I'm thinking, well, that's weird. But when you think about it, Jane Roberts was in the seventies. It's a whole different world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, we're not going to take it personal, just not meant to be. And we let it go and, and we self published it, even though I had other publishers, it just felt like the right thing to do. And then our new publisher, Tom was a friend of a friend and he, uh, we gave him the book. He loved it. And he's all about marketing. Like that's his whole MO is he's young and he has all these means of, of, of marketing things and so he's the one that he repackaged it and gave it a different better marketing name and launched it and it came, became huge but isn't it interesting because it's not always when, when you feel drawn to certain things it's not always for the reason your mind or your ego thinks it is I mean you would have thought that we met Jane Roberts you know agent in New York um, because she's supposed to be our agent but she really helped us refine our book and get it out in the way it was meant to get out. 
right? It's just a stepping stone. So I don't know. I would, that was a circuitous conversation. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, it's just, it's, it basically just speaks to that idea of like opening up to any, any possibility. Cause there are, um, endless possible possible outcomes ways to do things um that our our human minds can't think of or fathom yet so yeah and you i was reading in one of your blogs today you said you were talking about how people say that you're a badass and you're fearless and and i i really love that because it was just you know so real that you said you know i don't necessarily see that you know but i think the the most important thing that that you wrote in there is is facing your fears and using those fears as your guide. You know, when you're trying yeah. to find your purpose, I think a lot of us don't find it because we're too afraid to let go of the safety net that we already have and to truly yeah. just face our fears and say, "Oh, I'm afraid of that. That must be I mean, for me, I've I've used that as a guide. Like if it scares the hell out of me, damn, that's where I need to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And that, that blog was born of, she, I used to teach yoga teachers. So she was one of my yoga teachers and she had worked at a state job for a long, long time. Didn't like it, had good benefits, you know, was trying to make the transition. And she said something and I, she finally left her job and I just, you know, congratulated her. I knew that that was a long time in coming. And she said, well, you know, you're fearless and a badass. And I'm like, I'm cracking up. I'm like, well, that's great that that's how the world perceives me because (laughs) I'm just human. Like everyone else, as my dear husband can attest, I can be a hot mess most of the time too, until I remember my true nature. And then everything becomes magical, but it is definitely I'm always on the lookout for making it more consistent, right? I mean, I sink to my human self and then I, I, it's kind of awesome that she thinks I'm badass, but I also want people to understand and, and that I, I am me, that I am an authentic human being. I think that's important for any kind of teacher to be real because when you're empathic, like I am, part of the... the the thing that I face is I can feel when people are not being legit and real. I want to scream bullshit every time someone is saying they are who they're not. And I know that we all try and put our best face and act as if and all that good stuff. But, you know, show up, be real, talk about your, I want to hear how, what you're learning about. Like Nicole, you're telling me how you're understanding that multidimensional self. That excites me. You know, when, when someone is, learning things and sharing that and, and being raw and saying, this is what I'm learning. And when we hold back on that, you know, it's, but going back to what Michael was saying, it's no accident. I think that you are all together because as I'm blithering away, I'm thinking how much I appreciate Joda's groundedness and he's listening to me. I can feel him listening to me in a way that I need. It's a balancing of energies. And so while I may inspire him to go further down the path and has opened up his brain because he's very evidence-based, but he's seen all these seemingly impossible things become reality. And the more you see that, the more it becomes your reality. It's, it's not a, you know, woo-woo magical thing. It, it, it brings it back to earth, but I appreciate I, I, I don't think I'd be good with another two woo-woo partner. <laughs> I think we'd, fly off into outer space together and never be seen again. So I think it's good to have a balance of energy. And, and one thing that actually really helps me to transition into accepting of the channeling, I think, was watching her talking to thousands of mediumship clients and being at these events and watching people just crying happy tears of joy because she's saying things that she couldn't possibly know. And, and so because we so use our human senses of our ears and our eyes. Um, Again, being the left brain type of person I was, um, that was a lot of evidence for me of like, wow, this is, this is actually real. You know, this is just because I can't see it or hear it myself. I'm seeing all this evidence pile up. And so then as soon as the power of 10 started coming through, I, I like to say it was like a big hug for my soul just in that 10 minutes of talking to them the first time. And that first recording is on the website and, it's heavily edited because I'm just sitting there dumbfounded and silent 
because I know I'm not talking to Michelle right now. And it's, it was a trip, but it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be interesting for you. Sorry, Michelle. Um, to, to think about, you know, it's your wife's body, but it's no longer her speaking to you anymore. What, like, that's got to be interesting. I think for someone, especially someone who's more left brain to start with and trying to make that transition or balancing over more to right brain so that you have that even left and right. Uh, whole brain. Yeah, whole brain. We've been talking about yeah, that. Cause our, yeah, because our last guest, last week's guest, um, Jim, he describes himself as whole brained. And I love that. And where he's, he's like an absolute genius and he can just tap into like, like, you know, the left side logic, um, but also the intuitive creative right side, um, in a way that many people, um, can't, but it's, it's nice to have that balance. And so what's it, what's it like to be for you to experience your wife's body talking to you and maybe moving, but knowing it's not her? At first, well, like I said, at first it was a little, a little strange. Um, and it wasn't until I want to say it was the, well, at one point they opened her eyes, but I mean, initially we would either be on the couch or she would just lay in bed and I would sit by the bed and ask questions. And she was just, just basically still. And as it progressed, um, they were like a, a toddler with, with walking. It was funny. They would, I mean, the first time I remember they got up and they're like, oh, this is fun. And it's just because they haven't <laughs> been in a body in, in so long. Um, they're, they're so childlike. It's awesome. But I, it, you know, just the other day we were doing a session and a- after we were done, I was realizing that I'm so used to this now is I don't even see her as Michelle because I I feel their energy and I know that they're just using her voice and her hand gestures. And, and it's just, um, I don't know, it, it's a little hard to explain, but it's, I've completely shifted over to that's just my new normal now. And he's lit up afterwards. I was going to say he has the best seat in the house because we started recording these so I could remember, cause I go full complete trance. I mean, it, it's, it comes naturally to me and I, I I'm learning that that's not usually the case. A lot of times people are just partially in trance and they remember a lot of it. But for me, I, I tell people, I joke that it's like being drunk where <laughs> you you know you were there, but she starts coming back to you the next day and you have little tidbits. But, I, you know, I have to listen to the recording like everyone else. But Joda See, gets Michael can right. relate to that, right, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good relatable experience. That's how it is. And, and you know, but when I see him or even the before and after of our audience, when people engage with the power of 10, it's amazing. Cause in the beginning, everyone's kind of unsure, like, what is this about? And by the end, everybody's lit up. Talk about a difference from mediumship to channeling. Cause in mediumships, everyone's crying. They've had closure. There's all this, you know, grief counseling. And yet when they talk to a, uh, you know, spirit guides, people are just, they look like they're high on only it's not on drugs. They seriously look high because they're just so happy. They just don't even feel like any of their problems matter anymore. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's, that's why we keep doing it is because it's so amazing and so fun and people love it. And, you know, but again, this is just great for Joda. I'm so grateful that he's on this path and journey with me. Um, it, it's, I couldn't do this without him. I mean, he really is the Jerry to my Esther and he Aww, grounds me and he right. helps me. And I think if you're contemplating channeling as a lot of your audience may be, that I do think it's important to have that presence, whether it's a good friend or or someone that's more experienced in channeling, just someone to hold the space for you. Because when I come back to reality, it can be jarring. And, and I've got all these happy blissed out people kind of in my face, like wanting a piece of me. And I, I tell them like, give me a minute, let me go to the bathroom. Let me wash my hands. Let me walk around barefoot. Then we can unpack this and talk about what just transpired. But remember, I've been almost like asleep for the last couple hours. Mm -hmm. So coming Joda will, put his hand on my leg, like, come back and give me lots of water because I'm ridiculously thirsty. It does take a lot of energy to channel that. And, and so I think it, I think you need that in some way. I mean, 
Esther's obviously been doing it for 30 years, so she can channel for longer periods of time than I can. I'm still learning. It's still evolving, and it probably will for many years to come, but I, I love it. Okay, that's where we're going to stop today, but don't miss next week's episode part two because that's when Michelle goes under into channel and brings forth the power of 10 and we ask them direct questions and get some very fun answers in return. You're not going to want to miss it. So thanks again for listening to us today. If you have any questions that you'd like to send in to us, please send them into our email info at enlightenup.us or you can ask them through our Twitter feed at enlighten up us and if you like what you're listening to please subscribe to us in itunes or please leave us a rating and a review because we need those right now to separate us from everyone else you can also follow us on social media facebook instagram and youtube and of course if you need any more information Um, on Michelle you can go to our website enlightenup.us under guest speakers and you can read more about her there with links to her website so thanks again and we'll catch you next week on episode 9